0: abortion and then the transfer of the Chinese settler uh, inside Tibet where Tibetan will be dissolved in the sea of Chinese settler and then right now the colonial voting schools uh, have new SFT power chapter which is also very a strategic location right and we have SFT Jenny chapters who is now quite active in SFTC uh, I'm the new national director and then two before we is also women. And right now as a international direct, uh, executive director, is also a woman, Prema. Yeah, Prema. She's so, about this much year, and now she's in exile, and she's not retiring. She's still going on uh, and advocating for our movement. So that kind of inspiration I take, and and in Tibet like we, we meet all the time, what's, well, like, what's the whole name of the whole? That Teplas. We, Teplas, oh sorry, yeah, Teplas. And then she asked me, Vincent, are you going back to Tibet? And I was like, No, and it like kind of, you know, struck me, like, I haven't seen Tibet, I don't know when I'll see Tibet, but she thought I'm going one week holiday to Tibet, and then we talked and she thought Tibet is a small
1: city. Unsilenced Voices of Young Tibetans is a podcast presented by the Foundation for Nonviolent Alternatives, where young Tibetans share their personal stories, experiences, opinions, and journey in exile. Namaste and welcome to our FMVS podcast, UnSilenced Voices of Young Tibetans. In today's episode, we'll be telling you about one of the biggest grassroots-based student body organization in the Tibetan diaspora community, how they function, what their goals are, and the very journey of the Tibetan who is currently leading the India National Director position of this very organization, which is the Students for a Free Tibet. Welcome to our show, Dindipasana. Thank you
0: for inviting me.
1: So, Basala, firstly, could you tell us about what the genesis of Students for a Free Tibet is, and what was the story behind its formation, and what are the major initiatives that it undertakes?
0: Um, Students for Free Tibet was founded in the year 1994. The story behind it is like in 1989, when the Dalai Lama won the Nobel Peace Prize, it kind of gathered a lot of public attention, a lot of global attention toward the Tibetan freedom movement. Uh, but then there was no space for both Tibetan and non-Tibetan to work together toward the film movement. So that's how SFT came into being. Some young Tibetan, non-Tibetan activists and students came together and they founded uh, SFT. And um, it was it, it's not chapter-based network all around the world. Since then, we have now chapters uh, around in like 50 different countries and 600 plus. Chapters in schools, universities in the local area, and I am a national director. at in India, As India was founded in the year 2000 uh, with a similar goal, um, but we we got India as a very strategic location because it shares border with Tibet, and, um, and and as for the work that we do, um, first we, try, we always try to counter China's propaganda and policies. Uh, we try to do that to educating people, to uh, of organizing, to doing a lot of nonviolent direct actions um, and through like different uh, strategic campaigns. Uh, we try to advocate for Tibetan freedoms and political freedom and Tibetan independence. And the second thing I would like to say is we try to canna- try to um, uh, advocate and also train Tibetan young Tibetan activists, youth uh, around the world. Um, we we do different kind of programs, some annual programs, some like immediate program, to uh, bring awareness about Tibetan issue and to let people know the importance of our movement.
1: So, Pasang, you rightly, Pasang, you rightly mentioned how SFT was founded in nineteen ninety four. SFT India was founded in two thousand. But there must be certain names behind it. Right. So, would you tell us the names behind
0: these? Uh, sure, if I tell you a few of the names. Uh, SFTI International was co-founded by John Hapora, who is right now the Greenpeace International's Ocean Director. And, um, well, SFTI India, there's a group of Tibetans. balance. Kamul who is right now an artist, is also one of the co-founders. And there is Tenzi Churim La, and then many more who also like co-founded SFTI India also. Or and many more like many students at that time. Oh, definitely, and I find a lot of Tibetan youngsters,
1: you know, continuing to found new SFT branches. Because recently, I think you met these Tibetans, right? Uh, the recently concluded Tibetan forum, mm-hmm. where we had uh, members coming from Netherlands, Rotterdam, to be a particular a lady by the name of Desi, She, she is a the founder of SFT. Rotterdam, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she think so it's also there, like,
0: right?
1: Definitely. So, you've been leading SFT India for a while now. You're well aware of the atrocities that our Tibetan sisters and brothers undergoing in occupied Tibet under the illegal colonial occupation of the PRC. What are the latest developments happening now and hearing news that is coming from Tibet?
0: Um, I've been leading SFT India. It's only been like, it's not even been two months. But yes, I've been a part of SFT for a long time. Uh, and um, as and it's true that the atrocity that's right now happening in Tibet, uh, China is uh, still pursuing this one uh, policy uh, where they try to obliterate the Tibetans' identity from all the front, right? mass sterilization, forced abortion, and then the transfer of the Chinese settler uh, inside Tibet, where Tibetan. Will be dissolved in the sea of Chinese secular, and then right now the colonial boarding schools and all the Tibetans, like most, like I I can say all the Tibetans in Tibet is suffering uh, for murders, they forced abortion, loss of their child, loss of their man, um, they were tortured, they were raped, uh, and they were even like they were silenced, right? And we, as a Tibetan, in exile, in a fair country, it's our responsibility to do justice with them. And then all of them, even in such torture, they never stop fighting for the justice of Tibet and for Tibetan in Oh,
1: Indeed, Basan. In such a circumstance, what can we, the Tibetans who are not under their governments, under their strong-arm tactics, or free, living in the free world, do such an initiative that can help our very
0: own Tibetan sisters and brothers? Um, yeah, sure. The activism has no like uh, secret sauce or anything. and But I would say right now the world, which is overflowing with information, to gather the attention what our cause, we need to have some innovative approaches. right? So I would say uh, we could use artistic expression, like arts, music, the podcast like that we do right now, and a lot of uh, creative uh, ways. To um, spread the evidence about the issue to the public, and then it will like uh, try it will, it will try to try to get the uh, uh, global attention toward our movement. And I think that's what our young people can do. And I would say that whatever you do, how small it makes things, it's definitely going to uh, contribute to the larger. Part of the movement, so never give up, and you can continue
1: to do it. Going along these very lines, like uh, you said to us very clearly, that it's only been a few months since you have Mm -hmm. been leading the SFT India chapter. So, what are your ambitions? What are your current plans of SFT India moving ahead? And are there any new sort of innovative ideas that have come across your mind which you would like to implement? And on top of this, are there any challenges that you face while implementing these
0: very initiatives? Uh sure. Um, right now, like our SFT India's goal, like for past this year and maybe like uh, few in future, like few years, is our grassroots. I say SFT is a chapter-based network, but then after the COVID, a uh, lot of our grassroots has become inactive, um, because of the COVID of course. And then now we are trying to rebuild it. We are trying to. Uh, get more uh, connected with the grassroots base and so that you know, because our strength is our youth it's our chapter, it's our strength, so we have to work on that that's, that's our goal, so we're doing all kind of uh, innovative or like maybe um, the old uh, way of doing we try to reach to them and that's our goal and then recently we uh, have new SFT power chapter which is also very strategic location right and we have a certain general chapters who's now quite active and then we're trying to like activate the existing chapters and find new more chapters to work at the movement. Definitely awesome. And are there any sort of challenges? Because something yes. that
1: I usually hear, I think I can say it on record. We have this saying among the Tibetan community of certain families for that matter are Working in well-established institutes, well, I think I can comment that like they sort of give the cry to our very Tibetan youngsters to not join in such organizations. Do you think this is like a major burden or a challenge to youngsters in partaking in such activities?
0: Um, I would say uh, the people, the parents, they all want like blind future for their child, right? And I know working in SFTs, it's all. The resilience and the determination that you have to have. So, I can see why the parents want their child not to be part of such organization, but it's also very saddening because it's all of our responses. We have seen that born Tibetan is a born activist. That's what we say all the time. And that's true, that's a very big challenge that we face. Um, because earlier, we all, like, we all think that like, Tibetan. As a Tibetan, they all want to work for our movement. So our focus is on non-Tibetan. But now we have to focus equally and even more on Tibetan nowadays than non-Tibetan too. And then we um, have to, whatever we plan, we have to focus on two fronts, Tibetan non-Tibetan. How to get them involved in the movement. So that's the one of the biggest challenges that we face.
1: Oh, you know like, uh, you are a young woman in our Tibetan diaspora community, and you are also someone who I can say it, like who beat cancer for that matter. And there are numerous challenges that a Tibetan woman faces in our embedded patriarchal system. Mm-hmm. So, what are the challenges that you have faced, and how did you overcome them? Um, I
0: would say um, it's true the traditional gender roles and expectation is always there, like. Right? It's, it may somehow kind of um, restrict our freedom, you know, maybe our expression and our opportunity. But for me, luckily, I would say in SFT, uh, I'm the new national director, and then two before me is also women. And right now, SFT, international director, executive director is also women. Yeah, Yeah, Prema. So SFT is right now going by women, if I would say, if it's not wrong. Um, but I, I won't say I face uh, challenges as a woman much but yes it's true that as a young Tibetan woman you know uh, i would have to prove myself more than others i would have to earn the respect um, rightfully because i have to prove my determination i have to prove my capability to the world and to to my colleagues and uh, other activists too that's there and but um as for the battling cancer, it's true battling cancer can be emotionally, physically draining. Uh, recovery process is also very straining, um, But I always try to find the strength, you know, strength from my inner resilience, uh, my determination, and blessed uh, to have a supportive uh, network of friends, family, and colleagues who understand me, who understand um, our struggle and movement. And um, I would say um, uh, to the other, I, I, I also uh, take inspiration from the strong Tibetan woman from Tibet. For example, Nalong Samjula. Uh, you know her, right? Nalong Samjula uh, was in Tibet, she participated in peaceful protest at 10 years old and been detained. Thirteen years old, she participated again, in today's for like nine, six months I think, and then uh, sixteen years old, and so on, and she was uh, sentenced for like combined twenty three years in prison. And I met her last year uh, when we uh, organized a public talk of Nong Andre and then there's also called Cheongmye, and then she gave the talk, and that's a very inspiring thing. She's about this much here and now she's in exile and she's not retiring. She's still going on uh, and advocating for our movement. So that kind of inspiration I take and, and through them I always felt like I can do more. And it's my responsibility to do more.
1: Definitely and not only Mama, Like there are kids of media. There are a yes. lot of political prisoners who were you know, treated harshly, assaulted, sentenced in a way that was beyond the law in occupied Tibet come to exile and share their tears to us Tibetans, like someone like me. I'm not born in Tibet. I've never seen Tibet for that matter. But listening to their very own experience sort of ignites the fire in the valley. it sort of inspires us to take the next step mm-hmm. definitely for some. Mm-hmm.
0: True. I Even mean, I'm born here in India. My parents is also born in India. I'm third generation here. I've never seen Tibet and
1: Hearing your stories, kind of like you ignite the final. in me too. Definitely, So moving along, like uh, talking about your personal my life for that matter, like we were together at JNU a few years back before the COVID pandemic hit us, mm. and I also was privileged enough to work together with you at the JNU Tibetan Forum as executive. So what I wanted to ask you was, do you think uh, that studying in JNU? sort of had a major impact in your current disposition and to your development. And also on top of this, do you think more Tibetans need to study, not only in JNU, but various prestigious institutions around the world?
0: Um. Yes, definitely. Uh, JNU has a huge imprint on me because I was I studied my bachelor in DU and I won't say DU is bad, but then I, I personally haven't really learned much for my classes. Uh, I won't blame teachers. It's all, all on myself. But yes, um, I was and I at that time I was more involved with activism. I was more involved with knowing what's actually happening in Tibet. It's my learning process at that time. Uh, and and but in JNU, um, I like the uh, culture of relationship between. The professors and students like two, two end and in Tibetan forum like we, we meet all the time. What is I also like? What's the whole name of the hall that T-plus. we T-plus, T-plus. Oh, sorry, yeah, Teflas. And uh, we debate a lot. Like right? we do a lot of quits We debate on current issue, current political issue, um, on the books, on the things that we learned. And I debated a lot with uh, seniors, uh, PhD scholars and then it kind of um, made me want to study like you know father and make me want to like read the things not only for the exam but like you know for, for the knowledge so that's definitely there and I would recommend all of the Tibetan to uh, join the Pastor Regis University um, and then if you want to join JNU I will also recommend JNU. Definitely personally,
1: adding more on your plus thing like I think I can add that some of the debates even go as long as early morning, morning and yeah. you know, going back to bed would be like hearing the words chirp so yeah. nostalgic memories, but something that really, you know, uptakes us Tibetans and makes us do more. Mm-hmm. So Pasama, on all like you've narrated a lot of things, you've shared your own story the activities of SFT. Based on all this, what was the main reason that, you know, pushed you or even should I say like led you to join SFT in the first
0: place? Oh yeah. Um. So when I was child, um, I, I saw a lot of protest that's happening in the exile, especially in two thousand eight. There's a lot of candlelight vigils in our Dharamsala. Um, I so I know the uh, a basic idea like you know Tibet being occupied in nineteen and like, you know, we are the QG, we will always say that there's R&R for every time in school, right? But, um, and then in college, um, that's the eye-opening moment for me. When I, th- at that time we have the movement, like right? One of my favorite movements. And I wear chuba every Wednesday, even now I do. So I, to college I also wear chuba. And then a lot of my Indian friends will ask me about my chuba. and then I get to interact with them about Tibet. But I realized that I don't really know much, like especially not about like, the situation inside Tibet, about the political prisoner, you know, the campaigns, the ongoing campaigns, the news about Tibet. I just know the basic facts only. And and then this one moment when one of my my Indian friends asked me, we have a term break after exam, right? Like I said, a a week term break. And then she asked me, "Doesn't I like going back to Tibet?" And I was like, "No." And it like kind of you know struck me. I haven't seen Tibet. I don't know when I will see Tibet. But she thought I'm going one week holiday to Tibet. And then we talked, and she thought Tibet is a small city in India. That's what she thought. And we are political science students. And then at that time it made me realize that if I don't advocate for my country, it's my responsibility. And then no one will know about Tibet. I went back that evening and I joined SFT. And then I learned things. I learned and learned, and I did a lot of products, a lot of um, advocacy, and then being part of that since then. I think mean, it's 2015 since then I've been
1: part of and even now to yeah. Definitely, and it's really inspiring to hear such tales of you know a young Tibetan realizing what they have to do, and you know you called up what happened during the 2008 event and I also remember in school like I didn't know much about all this happening but we as youngsters were not forced, but we shaved our head by ourselves it was a sign of protest so I don't know these things were also happening so on that note like uh, I think we are short on time for some so I think I can finally say that whether you have any special words or messages that you would like to share to our fellow Tibetans worldwide a lot of Tibet supporters, and also to all those amazing Tibetan movements out there, many of whom you rightly pointed out, like for doing good things.
0: Um, I uh, would say that as I told earlier, activism has no source, like no specific so source. It's just a bunch of people who uh, decided to, to show up and use their skill sets, what they know, uh, to uh, kind of uh, reach. The goal of film, uh, goal of justice, and and then the Instagram photos of uh, Instagram photos and videos of people giving speeches, uh, doing protests is not. It's just a small part of activism. Right, There's a lot of people who work behind the camera, and I think we should all applaud them, support them, and uh, respect, appreciate them. And 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 but the sad thing is. Um, not many people are involved in the activism um, and I will request all the Tibetan, non-Tibetan both who are in a free country, who have, who are housed, who have time and uh, who are free should uh, and I request you to be part of the movement, uh, give your skills uh, for better, better cause for the justice of tobacco, and I will say, all the remarkable women out there, uh, your resilience, your determination, your uniqueness is your strength, it's your greatest asset. Never give up, and you can rise above whatever is seeking to bring you down. You can challenge the challenges.
1: <laughs> so, on that note, I thank you so much, Basamara. I wish you and your whole SFT India team. A lot of successes and I can see what sort of activities you are doing and it's really inspiring for me and I believe a lot of other Tibetan youth out there and I hope that many of them can follow in your in your footsteps and work along to eventually resolve the Tibet-China conflict and celebrate a good sort of picnic, a get-together in the lawns of the you know? I hope so too.
0: In the near future,
1: I really hope, like, to be in Tibet, in a free Tibet. Yeah. Thank you. More updates and videos by Apania. Click on the link and please subscribe to our channel. Thank you for watching.